Super Talk Mississippi media production. Kickstart your adventure now with a new Gud Golf Cart from Country Carts of Brookhaven. Gud Golf Carts are assembled right here in Mississippi with the best features around. And best of all, they're street legal. Country Carts of Brookhaven, 401 Highway 51 South, phone 601-748-0454. Welcome in, everybody. Welcome in on this Monday morning. Glad to see all of you right here on the live stream. I'm Michael Gorky. It is always, always, always good to be with you, but especially on a beautiful morning like the one we got going on outside. So I'm here talking to you. Going to power rank the SEC today. We've got four weeks in. Not every question has been answered yet. We still have, you know, we know Ole Miss is pretty good, right? We know it's a good football team. We don't know how good. In the next two weeks, are really going to tell us a lot about them. But we have a ton of clarity. We have a bunch of clarity about Arkansas, a bunch of clarity about Texas A&M in particular. So I feel like now's a really good time to power rank. or Yeah, power rank. I've got the tier thing that I made last time. I'm not doing tiers today, though. I'm going to put it in the same format. But I'm actually going to do it in order based on what I think the SEC is and how good the SEC is from 1 to 14. We're going to do that this morning right here on the stream. Remember, if you're watching on Twitter, you cannot comment. Twitter Live, for whatever reason, has uh, removed your ability to comment. Not to me, to everything, apparently. Uh, Periscope lets you do it. Twitter Live does not. I don't know why they would remove that feature. I I don't know. I mean, anyway. But if you're watching on Twitter right now, and I know a lot of you are, uh, if you're watching on Twitter right now, and that's how a lot of you do it, Uh, second to post-show podcast downloads as far as number of you that actually watch it. Um, Find me on YouTube, Michael Borky on YouTube. That's where you can actually comment. So find me on YouTube, uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. That's the best way to do it because otherwise I can't hear from you. If you watched uh, late Saturday night, thank you so much for uh, for being a part of it. That was a lot of fun. And uh, you guys made me feel better. I had an awful weekend as far as like my personal health. So uh, that, that was a good time. And uh, thank you guys for uh, for doing that. So uh, let's get started here. Uh, first, I want to talk about the AP poll, though. There's a couple adjustments I would make if I were a voter. I'm not a voter. I should be. There's a couple of adjustments that I would make if I were an AP poll voter. Because honestly, some of this just doesn't make any sense. Like Clemson falls off a cliff. And justifiably so, uh, but here's so far. Here's the AP poll, right? Uh, fine with Alabama at number one, but as you'll hear in a second, I don't think they're the best team in the SEC. Fine with Georgia at two. Fine with Oregon at three. Penn State and Iowa at four and five. I get it. I would put Arkansas ahead of Penn State, Iowa, Oklahoma, and Cincinnati. Personally, who has a better resume right now? Is Iowa's resume better than Arkansas's? No. Is Penn State's resume right now what we know better than Arkansas's? They have a one-touchdown win over Auburn at home. Is that better than than what Arkansas has done? No. Same thing with Cincinnati. I would move Arkansas way up because they deserve it. Oklahoma is definitely, definitely not the number six team in America. As you guys heard from me on Friday night, I think Oklahoma's a fraud, honestly. And it's just a matter of time before they start losing multiple games. But... 
this is how it is. This is how it works out. It it just always goes this way. Uh, Ole Miss is at 12. I thought they were going to move up to number 11, but the Arkansas jump is, is really what changed it. Right now, based on what I've seen, Ole Miss is a better team than Ohio State. That, that's just me. But I understand why they are not big brands, whatnot. BYU is actually really appropriately ranked. This is a good BYU team, guys. Like, BYU could go undefeated. You want to talk about playoff scenarios and, you know, what team could ruin the college football playoff? It's BYU. BYU has three Power 5 wins. And go look at their schedule. Go look at their schedule and tell me that going undefeated is not on the table for BYU. If they do that, they should not at all be left out of the college football playoff. They will be, probably, but they should not be. Uh, Anyway. Texas A&M being ahead of Michigan State right now is a joke. It's a joke, honestly. But in the rest of it, I don't really care about. Auburn being ranked is just hilarious to me. It's just hilarious. NC State is way, way, way too low at number 24. And Clemson has no business being ranked at all. Zero business being ranked at all is Clemson. Uh, They're bad. They're objectively bad. It's not like they had a bad loss or, you know, they're not playing well and they'll get better. No, they're bad. They're simply not a good football team right now, is Clemson. And uh, as you guys heard me say on Saturday night, I, I was kind of happy to see them get humbled. I think they kind of deserved it, if we're being totally honest. So anyway, uh, also, we got the news. I, I know a lot of people around here were looking forward to the college game day announcement because most people anticipated it was going to be in Tuscaloosa. I mean, the storylines are perfect, right? With Kiffin and Saban in the two uh leading contenders for the Heisman Trophy going at it and the other game that they could have gone to was a noon eastern kickoff so go having game day at a place where they're kicking off at noon it really takes away from the environment well it turns out they're going to try to do that anyway i was a little surprised by that selection honestly i mean what game has more storylines I, I mean, I think Arkansas is really good. I think Georgia is really good. The best team in the SEC right now should be a hell of a game. It's not like they made a bad choice, but it's not just about, you know, two ranked teams. And if, you know, Arkansas is a little bit higher ranked than Ole Miss, Alabama is higher ranked than Georgia. It's kind of a wash as far as like the ranked matchup and, and whatnot. But there are more storylines, more attractive storylines in Tuscaloosa than there are in Athens, but I'm sure that they are sick of going to Tuscaloosa. I mean, they've probably done a lot of looking into, like, the nation's reaction to when they go to Tuscaloosa again, and the local reaction in Tuscaloosa when game day is there, it's probably not, you know, a whole lot, probably not really all that exciting, honestly. Um, I'm one of those people that I I love college game day. I still think it's a big deal. Um, I know that the interest is waning a little bit. I mean, they still get a couple million, three million people, two to three million people watch it every week. I mean, it's still the premier pregame show. It's up from 2019. Um, it's still a big deal. And if your team is getting college game day, uh, I, I think even if it's on the road, um, you know, it's a big deal to me. Uh, I love the show. I still watch it. Uh, I can't 
tell you how mad the Lee Corso slander I see online makes me. Yes, it's uh, not the same, but he's a staple of college football. Starting my Saturday without seeing Lee Corso, I, I don't want to. I don't want to live in a world without that. And uh, anyway, so it's just a free billboard for your game. I understand why fans wanted it. I understand why they're not going to Tuscaloosa. A lot of people are really bored with Alabama. It just doesn't excite people anymore. Um, so they are going to to Georgia, Arkansas, if you were one of those people that was curious about that. Uh, more storylines in Tuscaloosa. It's just the truth. Former Saban assistant Lane Kiffin always, you know, does the Lane Kiffin thing. But I have a feeling a factor in their meeting when they decided to go to Athens was Tuscaloosa, they, they don't care. Alabama doesn't care if we're there. Students don't care. They won't have the crowd around the set that Georgia will here in a couple of weeks. All of that, uh, I'm sure, has factored in. But um, I still think college game day is a big deal. It's a not so much for your football program because I don't, I, mean, I don't think many recruits actually are sitting there watching game day. But it's like a free billboard for your university. And again, this game was going to be in Tuscaloosa, so that doesn't really do a whole lot for Ole Miss. Uh, but still, you know, having your helmet on the set for three hours for a few million people, it's kind of a big deal. Um, didn't get it, and, and now the the environment around game day is going to suffer a little bit because the game's at noon. And Georgia-Arkansas is going to have Kirk Herbstreet and Chris Fowler calling the game at 11 Central, noon Eastern. Like, they completely botched the scheduling of that. I know noon is not the uh, the time slot that it used to be. People would think you would just get relegated to noon Eastern, 11 Central, and that all the bad games were there. They're starting to realize that that time slot does really well viewership-wise. Arkansas-Georgia should be at night. Th- that should be a primetime game. The fact that it's, again, at noon... And game day is going to be there, and they're putting Fowler and Herb Street, if I understand it correctly, on that broadcast. Uh, I could be wrong about that. I think I saw that on Twitter yesterday, and I'm just running with it. Um, it's a shame, honestly. That should be, that's a primetime game. It, that should either be at 2.30 and Ole Miss Alabama in primetime or vice versa, one or the other. But having those two games where, I mean, the first team in the West and the first team in the East are getting really challenged this weekend. Like, Arkansas's good. Ole Miss's offense, in particular, is one of the best in America being led by the Heisman favorite at the moment. Like, that should not be 11 Central, 230 Central. That should be 237 or something like that. It just they, they blew the scheduling aspect of all of this. It completely, uh, completely blew it. So, anyway. Little things like that bother me. I know they shouldn't, but they do. I, my brain does not work like most people's. But anyway, all right, tier ranking, power ranking, not tier ranking. I'm going to share this with you, though. I've still got the tier maker that I used last time. I'm going to be more specific this week, though, uh, than I was a couple of weeks ago. So here it is, the tier maker. And if you're listening, it's just like last time, A, B, C, D, and F. Like we're in school. Most of my grades were in this region, the B and C region. Um, I was told throughout my entire academic career that if I just applied myself a little bit more, I'd make better grades. Well, <laughs> joke's on you. I um, I get paid to talk about sports. So 
I think I did all right. Anyway, I'm going to do it, though, in order. So I've got the tiers. I'll put two teams in the A tier, for example, but it's going to be in order. One, two, and then so on. That's why you couldn't get in at Georgia, Chris. <laughs> uh, truth. Very much truthful. Like, my SAT scores in, in ACT, so on the East Coast where I grew up, all the colleges wanted your SAT. They did not care about the ACT. The only reason why I took the ACT was because that's what school here wanted. No, Clemson, South Carolina, uh, I applied to Ohio State, if you can believe it. Uh, also applied to Missouri because my dad made me. He said it was the best journalism school in the country, and so you should apply just because. Uh, all of my test scores were good. It was just the whole, you know, having to work on GPA thing. Ugh, sorry, allergies are killing me. Um, yeah, no, that is exactly why I didn't get into Georgia. <laughs> well, I, I, honestly, I didn't apply. Truthfully, I didn't apply. I would not have gotten in, so I didn't bother spending the 60 bucks or whatever it was to apply to Georgia. Um, Furman did not apply there either. Uh, all we had to do was uh, look at the cost of attendance, and that was a absolutely held no. <laughs> uh, I'll put it this way. Going with a little bit of uh, scholarship money, very, very small amount, uh, out of state here was cheaper in four years than Furman would have been in like three semesters, something like that, in state. Uh, yeah, uh, I would have loved to have gone, though. I mean, I, I have a deep, soft spot in my heart for Furman. I would have loved to have gone there. Um, there was just absolutely no way. And uh, I don't know if you guys realize this or not, but sports media people, it's not like, uh, you know, I, I'm not Richard Cross, right? Like, I'm not uh, I'm not making, making the bank, even though, anyway. Um, paying back those student loans would have been a lifetime commitment <laughs> if I would have gone there. Uh, anyway, anyway, glad to see you this morning, Chris. Hope, uh, hope you're doing well on this Monday. Anyway, so tier power ranking the SEC, very uncon uncontroversial. I think, I think a lot of you guys are actually going to agree with this. Unlike the last time there was a lot of discrepancy. I think this is pretty easy to do at the moment. And it starts with me with Georgia. Georgia has looked like the most complete team in the SEC, uh, I still have questions about their offense. I think that they could be flawed on that side of the ball, and we'll learn this weekend really what that's like. I don't think Arkansas, from a roster perspective, is ready to compete with Georgia. In fact, I think Georgia's going to win this game by multiple touchdowns. I, I love Arkansas. I love Sam Pittman. His team has bought in. He's made great hires on both sides of the ball. Uh, Arkansas is going to be salty for basically everybody in the SEC not ready yet to go into Athens and win a game. So I think they're going to be challenged, uh, but I think Georgia's the most complete team in the SEC right now. They're my number one in the league. They play too good of defense right now, and they do just enough on the other side of the ball that makes me think they're a little bit more complete than Alabama. Although it's splitting hairs, Georgia, to me, is the best team currently in the SEC. Obvious number two is Alabama. I think Georgia and Alabama are still on a tier of their own. I mean, we know this by now, how talented Alabama is and Nick Saban's process. I think Alabama this year is more gettable than they've been kind of in a while. Uh, they have flaws on defense. Uh, they got out-physicaled by Florida. They looked gassed late in that game. 
Uh, Arkansas will scare everyone they face, Paul says. I agree, man. I, I really do. I, I don't think their roster is ready yet to go to Athens and win, but I promise you, Georgia, is they have their hands full. I, I am so impressed with the... Uh, uh, with your hogs right now. Uh, just a really good football team. Solid. They do everything well. I'm curious about the health of KJ Jefferson. Uh, he looked banged up in that game against AM. We'll learn more this afternoon. Uh, I assume Pittman also does his media stuff on Monday. Um, if not, we'll learn this week about how healthy he is. But no, I don't disagree with you at all, Paul. I mean, Arkansas is going to give everybody, everybody's got their hands full with them. They're too well coached. They're too bought in. They're too physical to not. Uh, no doubt about it. Um, but anyway, Alabama, I think they are the most vulnerable they've ever been. They still are extremely talented. They still have NFL players all over the field, but they do have some flaws and they are gettable, but they're still on a tier with just Georgia and everybody else behind them. Florida at number three, I believe, right now. Uh, they probably should have beaten Alabama at home. Uh, they were pretty methodical in their win over Tennessee. I know Tennessee's bad, but still, it was they were in control basically the entire game. Tennessee gave them a little bit of a fight, but uh, I think Dan Mullen's a really good coach. I think it's a team that will contend for the East. If not, that might be their only loss. Uh, the, Georgia and Alabama, I think, are the only two teams that can beat Florida. Uh, I think they're really good at the moment. Just quite simply, Florida is just really, really, really good. Uh, really well coached. I still think they've got the wrong quarterback, although Emory Jones has been fine. I think Richardson's better. But clear number three right now with what we've seen from Florida. Although some people would probably disagree with that. Some people would probably put Arkansas ahead of Florida right now, and you can't argue with the resume. Um, you can't. I think it would be fair if somebody wanted to do this and put Arkansas at three and Florida at four. But Florida's had to play Alabama. Arkansas has not. So I have Arkansas at four. Physical. They have an explosive element to their offense. They play really good defense, especially in the front seven. Um, I, I think they are also gettable. I think we'll learn this weekend that they're a little bit flawed. But Arkansas's got the, I mean, do they have the best resume in college football? I think they might. I think they might. Who's got two better wins than Arkansas with uh, with Texas and Texas A&M? Who's got better wins than that? I mean, Georgia has a win over Clemson, but they have fallen to number 25, and NC State has a win over Clemson now. Uh, I can't think of who would have two. Oregon, probably, you know, with that marquee win over Ohio State on the road in Columbus. Arkansas hasn't done that, so maybe Oregon's got the best resume, but Arkansas is right there. And until proven otherwise, they belong in that tier. And I think Ole Miss is there as well. Uh, I, I would put Ole Miss right now fifth in the SEC. We're going to learn a lot about both Arkansas and Ole Miss this weekend, as I mentioned. Um, we'll see. I, I don't think Ole Miss is as far as complete roster build and preparedness to win in Tuscaloosa. I don't think they're there yet. Um can they win? Absolutely, they can. Shit, they should have won last year. Forgive my language. Um, they are better defensively, no doubt, than they were a year ago. But I still think they have some limitations on that side of the ball, especially with depth up front on the defensive line. Uh, Ole Miss basically has to play their A game and, and then some to win in Tuscaloosa this weekend. The best measuring stick, in my opinion, for Ole Miss is actually Arkansas 
a week from now and not Alabama this weekend. This is more of a free shot because uh, I don't think neither Arkansas nor Ole Miss from a complete roster standpoint are ready, uh, but I do think they are right uh, alongside each other. Uh, what an impressive job both of those guys have done so far to, to have these teams where they are at the moment four weeks into year two, considering the situations that they took over. It's really, really impressive. I'm going to go down a tier. So I think Georgia, Alabama are, are in tier A, one and two. And then the next tier below them are Florida, Arkansas, and Ole Miss in that order. And I'm going to drop down one. I'm going to drop down a tier and Texas A&M, I guess right now, uh, because they are pretty salty on defense. But Calzada is just not the answer. Pretty inept offensively at the moment. Uh, this is where things get get really tough, honestly. Maybe Kentucky because they are technically, you know, it hasn't looked good, but they are undefeated. So Kentucky in front of A&M, and then Auburn, I guess. See, this is where it just gets awful. I mean, where where do you separate these teams? I'm fine with Kentucky ahead of A&M, but how do you separate A&M, Arkansas, or A&M, Auburn, and LSU right now? How do you separate them? I mean, mean, A&M can't score. Auburn's got quarterback issues, and they're going to try to get saved by former LSU backup quarterback T.J. Finley. They should have lost at home to Georgia State. And then LSU, I think they've got they've got weaknesses all over the field. Uh, this is not a very good LSU team at all. Uh, they're pretty bad on the offensive line. They can't run the football. They're banged up, especially on defense. Uh, not a good LSU team. We'll learn between Auburn and LSU this weekend, obviously. Uh, But I don't think it really makes much of a difference. Uh, Kentucky, yes, they've won games, but they've honestly looked like crap doing it. Uh, Turned the football over four times in a six-point win at South Carolina. Just They're just kind of there, you know, winning by almost default. Uh, They run the football okay. They they played pretty decent defense. But this tier between Kentucky, A&M, LSU, and Auburn are all there, and they're all just kind of meh. But they are a step above at the moment. Mississippi State, Missouri, and even Tennessee. I think they're a step above there. So I would put State ahead of Missouri and Tennessee right now behind Auburn and obviously LSU who just beat them in A&M in Kentucky. So Georgia, Alabama, 1-2, and two, Florida 3, Arkansas 4, Old Miss 5, Kentucky 6, A&M 7, LSU 8, Auburn 9, Mississippi State 10, I mean, Missouri's got two losses to Kentucky and at Boston College. Tennessee looked better. They looked a little bit more competent, if you will, in Gainesville, but they still didn't cover a 19-point spread. And then South Carolina and Vanderbilt are 13 and 14. So there you go. I don't think this is that controversial, honestly. I really don't. I think this is kind of right. I'll run through it one more time. Georgia 1, Alabama 2, Florida 3, Arkansas 4, Ole Miss 5, Kentucky 6, A&M 7, although I'm not in love with that at all, LSU 8, Auburn 9, Mississippi State 10. They've been close. They have a win over NC State that kind of propels them, but they're 2-2, two and two and they very well could be 1-3 and three or 3-1, you know, and one, depending on how you want to look at it. Missouri with their two losses, not impressive at all. Tennessee's looked competent, but still kind of bad. So that's 10, 11, 12, and then South Carolina 13, Vanderbilt. God bless them at 14. So what do you think? Let me know. 
What do you think about that? Uh, I think that's pretty accurate and non-controversial at all. So there you go. There are your SEC power rankings for the week. What a big weekend, and what a fun weekend we've got. We're going to learn so much about the SEC. I'll look at lines and stuff like that tomorrow and kind of set the stage for uh, for the week ahead and the weekend tomorrow. Uh, we'll look at the lines and, and whatnot. A lot of people were talking about uh, Ole Miss being a 17-point dog to Alabama on DraftKings. That number is going to be smaller. It is smaller in most places. Uh, the over-under that I saw yesterday was like 77, and that fell from 80, uh, according to one book. So we got so much to cover this week and going into this weekend. I I, uh, I can't wait. Cannot wait. I would be remiss if I didn't mention the Saints yesterday, though. I, it depends on how you want to look at it. They've got they're they're two and one after being displaced from a hurricane. If you told me going into this three game stretch after a hurricane comes through and displaces the team, and they have to practice in Fort Worth and at Jerry World, and the, you know they're living out of a hotel for a, over a month, and their families are there and their kids are, it, it's just kind of a mess. If they went two and one, I would have taken that running. I mean, have a parade. I know they were second lining in the streets yesterday of New Orleans. Keep doing that because two and one going into this would have been a great thing. You assume the loss probably would have come to Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers, but it was to Darnold and the Panthers. Either way, with Green Bay and Jacksonville in in Charlotte and in New England, going two and one's an accomplishment. On one hand, you can be really happy and optimistic about how good they are defensively. I mean, my gosh, they're like top five or top ten in the NFL in basically every category, including turnovers, red zone. Uh, rush defense, pass defense as well. And the only reason why Carolina was able to score on them was they had four starters out. When healthy, that's one of the best defenses in the NFL, bar none. I mean, it's not even close. When healthy, that's one of, if not the best defense in the NFL, and they showed it yesterday. They were suffocating and dominant yesterday, and Brandon Mississippi's Demario Davis is just a superstar. But on the other hand, on the other hand, I, I don't think Jameis is comfortable yet. Which really isn't fair because against Green Bay he was flawless. Like you look at the the yards total, and you think, oh, he didn't have a good day. But he was constantly playing under or with short fields and was flawless. Five touchdowns are five touchdowns. He was flawless, and then didn't trust his protection, understandably so, because they couldn't protect worth a damn in Charlotte last week. And clearly, I don't think he he trusts himself yet. Or his protection yet. At times, he's gotten happy feet. Uh, but yesterday, you know, that touchdown pass, that was a risk. But there was a penalty on the play anyway. So even if Callaway doesn't catch the ball, they're still getting another shot at it. But he didn't make any mistakes yesterday. That's all you want from him, right? Is to, yes, he can air it out a little bit more. He can make faster decisions. Uh, Got to pr- trust his protection a little bit. Although last week probably scared him some. But all you need from Jameis, all you need from him is to not make not make mistakes. That's it. Distribute the football, get it to Kamara, and you're going to add Michael Thomas back soon. You've been without a couple of receivers. It's kind of a patched together group at the moment. I mean, Chris Hogan's a target right now, 
And he was supposed to be playing professional lacrosse this year because his football prospects were over. Um, that's all you need from him. So I, I've seen a lot of people kind of questioning Jameis today. I, I get it. But what else do you need from him? Don't turn the football over. Run the offense. Let your defense, which is one of the best in the league, win games. That's the formula. That's been the formula for the last few years. They finally get to come home, too. This is, the Giants are a perfect get-right game for him because he should be able to light them up. Be excited to see that. Anyway, Saints did what they said they were going to do. That's right. Yes, they did. And uh, also, you're excited for this year. Lacrosse is a pro league. Yeah, they do. Lacrosse has a pro league. It's I think it's called PLL. Pro Lacrosse League, and they don't have any like locations. So all of the teams travel around the country together and they'll spend a weekend playing games at different venues. So it's not like the, you know, Atlanta, whatever. It's just professional lacrosse leagues, water dogs. Um, I think they have archers or something like that also. I, I don't know all the team names. But, yeah, they've got one. And they all travel together. So they play in a different venue every weekend, and all the teams travel to that venue. So there's not like a you know, a home game or whatever. Anyway, yeah, that's what he was supposed to be doing. Um, but, no, I, I'm not going to be overly critical of a team that was four weeks into being displaced by a hurricane that came out 2-1, and one, are playing elite-level defense, and Jameis has, what, seven touchdowns and two interceptions. You'll take a 7-2 to two touchdown and interception ratio from Jameis for the rest of the season, and you'll win a playoff game and possibly host one. Is it a Super Bowl team? Probably not. But if I told you going into the season, after three weeks, Jameis's touchdown and interception ratio would be 7-2 to two and you're 2-1, and one, everybody would have taken it. So why are we being critical now? I don't like the hindsight criticism thing. I would have going into this this three game stretch taken two and one in a heartbeat with a seven to two touchdown interception ratio. Would have taken that in a heartbeat. So why am I going to complain about it now? No shot. When healthy, this team is a playoff team and can host a home playoff game. So there's your Saints talk. There's your Saints talk. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel, Michael Borky on YouTube. Uh, this weekend, just a heads up, I know I've teased this like a thousand times, but uh, this weekend, the uh, the week five recap show will happen Sunday morning. It will not happen Saturday night. It'll be early Sunday morning when I do the, the recap show. A very, very good friend of mine, an incredible person is getting married on Saturday night. So I will uh, I will be there. No book off. Yeah, I'm good now. I'm good now. But uh, anyway, y'all be good. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, the Saints are back. They are awesome again. And uh, I never doubted him for a second. So, big weekend coming up. Can't wait to start talking about that with you guys tomorrow. In the meantime, you'll have a good day. See you on the radio this afternoon. I'll talk to you then. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.